Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Radio Islam. I am your host, Sadiq bin Abdullah. And today we have a very special guest joining us once again. Uh, he was previously on here uh, once before. A very good friend of mine, his name is Wasim Hassan. And he is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania with a focus on biology, chemistry, and philosophy. He's the co-founder of Traversing Tradition and now serves as the managing director. Wasim is currently furthering his traditional studies of Islam in Chicago, uh, primarily focusing on kalam, fiqh, and Arabic. He has written widely on topics including philosophy, spirituality, and politics. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thanks for having me again, Sadiq. Yeah, absolutely, for it's sure. It's a pleasure to be here again. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. Um, so now you're pursuing traditional studies. Yeah. Last time we talked about um, your experience kind of, you know, getting out of uh, uh, the Western Academy and, and now you've made this transition. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about it a little bit. And, um, you know, so, so I mean, like, so where did you previously... So you went to University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, I remember long time ago when we first met you told me you were attending Dartmouth is that correct yeah yeah so I was a student at Dartmouth College uh, before I transferred to the University of Pennsylvania it's some like really obscure college uh, in the middle of New Hampshire the closest civilization is like a two and a half hour drive away it's Boston Um, so (laughs) all they have are like um, trees drunk students and gins oh Um, there's there's, there's nothing else in that area so I was <laughs> I was really glad to make the change to like an urban area and right Penn's in Philadelphia yeah and absolutely a pretty robust Muslim community in Philadelphia so. right right so uh, so what did you think of your studies at uh, at Dartmouth initially and, and why was it that you uh, what was the reason for transferring so uh, when I was at Dartmouth that's really where I was primarily exposed to uh, the humanities uh-huh. uh, in, in in the Western Academy. And I remember I, I began taking a few religion courses, uh, some comparative literature courses, you know, all the departments that, like, Muslims will tell you not to take courses in. Right, right. Um, uh, and and it was it was a bit um, jarring for me, a little bit, Yeah. seeing some of the things that were said a lot of times by even Muslim professors. Right. Um, but but um, on the flip side of it, it was actually uh, liberating because, I mean, before that I was just kind of like, the gunner science student you know i was taking bio and chem classes and physics and i you know i i, I was open you know these doors opened where i i really learned how to use my brain beyond like shoving facts into it and trying right. to memorize it or practicing like <laughs> physics problems right. and uh and uh, you know it's it's but but i became very quickly disillusioned with it yeah um, just 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 because of um uh, i mean i remember i was sitting in a class with with a professor yeah and she started talking about. Um, what was she teaching? Uh, she, she was a religion course. Okay. On Islam. Right? Yeah. And and we started reading Scott Kubel. And if you've read Scott Kubel before, you know some of the stuff he writes. He, right. He likes to um, pontificate on some of the verses in the Quran and try to extract, um, uh, you know, basically fatwas allowing right. like homosexuality. Right. I mean, in essence, he says that it's allowed, right? And actually, the people of Lut were not punished for um, these actions. Right. Whatnot. Right. What is the common uh, <clears throat> claim that unfortunately many reformists uh, yeah. are not claiming? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember we, we we had read Scott Kugel and we were talking about this, and the professor put up these verses from the Quran on the board. Uh-huh. And um, just 
kept sifting through these translations trying to find a good one right and at some point the professor was like okay i don't like any of these translations and just put away the translations yeah and then wing the translation right wow and i i was like i raised my hand i said no that's not what it says yeah <laughs> and i was i was a little bit you know yeah. and and uh, but of course like my opinion wasn't heard at all and it didn't matter what i said it didn't matter right. what the traditional muslim ulama were saying right, right? Um, and it's just kind of like this this it's almost cultish in academia if you don't accept certain things if you don't yeah yeah you there's, there's a lot of politics in the, in the islamic studies departments in many um, different Islamic yeah studies i mean you don't even have to believe the same things but as long as you're going against the grain then you know yeah we want you that's how it yeah. is yeah. against the way of orthodoxy that is yeah. um let's talk a little bit about that though i mean like uh and i've kind of had some of the some similar experiences um both in my undergraduate and graduate experience um oftentimes many muslim students go into these classes thinking that they're going to learn Islam. Mm -hmm. However, uh, these classes are not designed yeah. or orchestrated in a way uh, that's meant to teach you traditional Islamic studies such as Aqidah, even discursive theology, mm -hmm. uh, uh, matters of jurisprudence, uh, 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 you know, and, and so on and so forth. Rather, they're meant to teach you about Islam, yeah. whether it's about Islamic history or about Islamic theology, but not the, the theology in and of itself and what uh, uh, a Muslim should believe. Rather, it's kind of just um, this kind of overview of what the Islamic tradition has produced historically, and then kind of kind of going about this discourse in a way that doesn't necessarily come to any definitive or concrete conclusions. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. There's there's this uh, there's this kind of it's like a metaphor that I thought up, you know, to try to like uh, compare traditional study of Islam versus yeah. what goes on in the ivory tower. Is what yeah. they call it. Yeah. It's like it's like studying like the makeup of the earth, right? The soil. Right, so you'll have you'll have um, e an ecologist, for example, who's specialized in this, will tell you what's what's in what's in the ground, how that varies across different landscapes, um, uh, the the different types of elements and the percentages you'll see them in, the, the types of bugs and the animals that burrow in the ground, things right. like that, right? right? And then you'll have a child who'll just take a stick and stab the ground and mutilate it and just see what comes <laughs> out, right? Um, and, <laughs> uh, and and that's basically what it is, right? And so right. if you wanna if you wanna know what Islam is, you have to go to the, the you know the, the traditional scholars of Islam. Right. And then they'll tell you what Islam is and you'll study it in an actual curriculum. Yeah. And and in a progressive manner and, and it builds up. Right. Whereas like these academics are just taking a stick and they're stabbing at the, what, yeah. the, what they call the Muslim tradition. Well trying. well to to play devil's advocate, and I think mm -hmm. uh, this is something that we as Muslims I think should also understand and I feel as though Many of these Muslim, young Muslim students, college kids who go into these courses, yeah. <clears throat> they come out very disheartened and very yeah. disillusioned, uh, uh, and very quite upset, quite frankly, mm. um, because they don't understand the difference in the methodological approaches that both groups take, and, and specifically in this case, uh, uh, academics in the in the Western Academy. Yeah, and they're not meant for the same thing, right? I mean, if, right. if you go into academia hoping that, um, if you go into your local university and you start taking courses on Islam, yeah. hoping that you can understand your deen more, you've completely understood, uh, on, on one side of it, you completely understood academia, and yeah. on the other side of it, you completely understood your, your religious tradition and how it works, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they have two different functions. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I thought it was interesting just seeing how certain people think and the way they approach things, and... Um, uh, it, it really, you know, I'll give it credit in the sense that it piqued my interest, right? Yeah. And the way that happened is that um, when I started hearing these, these strange ideas, I didn't know how to respond sometimes. Right. Um, and, and so that compelled me to try to learn more. And so I reached yeah. out to some of the people I knew who were community leaders in, in, in my hometown and, 
and people who who, who had Ayn. Right. And and that's when I, I really started, at a slow pace, started studying more and running questions by them, and I established this stream of contact. Yeah. And eventually it, it um, ballooned into what it is um, yeah. right now, where I graduated and I'm just studying. <laughs> <laughs> and continuously reading. Oh, alhamdulillah, that's, that's great. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so what's what's your experience been so far in your uh, traditional studies you've gone from the Western Academy to from two very prestigious Western academic institutions of higher learning um, to now more traditional studies you're now away from that particular academic culture you're away from the I guess you could say what in many cases we would like to think of as the stigmatization of being Muslim in the Western Academy and you're now engulfed in you know this this uh, process of undergoing uh, uh, you know this uh, traditional religious training, uh, yeah. and, and and you're surrounded by proper shiuch ulama, mm-hmm. scholars of the religion, uh, yeah. people who studied traditionally you know before in the past. So in in one sense, um, it was it was it was a, it's a big hit to the ego. Yeah. Right. Um, coming from an institution where like people will look twice at your resume right. when you're applying to a job. Right uh, and and people will people legitimately treat you differently based on um, some of these. Yeah. I mean, they call Harvard, for example, they call it the H bomb, right? Right. It's like, <laughs> you ask you ask the Harvard student where they go to school. You know, in the in their in their early stages, maybe their freshman and their sophomore years, they yeah. they'll be happy and they'll just say it, right? Right. Um, but eventually, they get so tired of the reaction they get that they'll yeah. just be like, "Oh, I go to school in Boston." Right? <laughs> <laughs> just it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's known as the age bomb, right? Uh, and so, in some sense, it's been very humbling in that now you've you've distanced yourself from that. Yeah. And and you're doing something that not only is it not considered prestigious in this society, but even amongst Muslims, it's not considered something um, worth worth honoring. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Western I mean, Academy, that is. Uh, but, or, or, or traditional. I'm, I'm talking about like amongst our communities as Muslims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you tell someone they're studying, you know, I mean, everyone always talks about okay, how, okay, like, yeah, traditional studies. Um, in, you know, you take your smartest right. kids and you put them in medicine and engineering and yeah. law, and then you take your dumbest kids and you put them in, in right. madrasa, right? Right. And and people still harbor those sentiments, right? So right. when someone asks, "What are you doing?" and I say, "Well, I'm studying Islam," that's equivalent to them hearing, "I'm doing nothing. I'm a bum." Right. right? And so, how I mean, this is this is really a remnant of the colonial period in many Muslim countries. I know. So, for example, I, I come from a Tunisian background, and that's exactly what the French did. That's the educational system that uh, that uh, was orchestrated and cultivated and overall, you know, developed uh, uh, in Tunisia. And I'm sure in Egypt yeah. as well, yeah. uh, uh, when when the British occupied uh, that land as well. So uh, you have a, uh, an exam that you take at the end of your you know 12 years of schooling, much like how we take the ACTs or SATs here, and then depending on on the score bracket that you fall into, you are then placed into a particular uh, subset of, of uh, career paths. Yeah, yeah. And then and the lowest being, you know, I'll just yeah. throw them into a madrasa and teach them Arabic and mm-hmm. they'll be an imam. Yeah, so that's that's one aspect of change. And another aspect of change is um, my, my entire vision of studying has, has shifted, right? When, when you're yeah. in university, and I think most students relate to this, I think you're weird if you don't. Um, when you're studying in a Western institution, it's like, Nobody enjoys sitting in the library yeah. for 10 hours, cranking out an essay, <coughs> or trying to memorize some equations out of a textbook. Nobody enjoys that, right? Right. Um, uh, almost all the time. And um, so when, when, I was, when I was in university, my worst moments were when I was studying, because I, I, didn't, I didn't have a passion for what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, I like science, right? I like yeah. studying these things, and, and, I, and I like philosophy, but 
it it it, it, it just there's something about it um, where, where a lot of times it's not really applicable. Yeah, and and you don't see. I mean, if you're if you you're lose like, motivation at if, times. If you're yeah. like a pre med, for example. Yeah. And you're out here cranking out like uh, you know physics equations. Yeah. How many doctors use that, right? Right. And so I know a lot of pre meds really hate physics because of that. Yeah. Um, and and now transitioning to traditional studies a bit more full time, it's like the best moments that I have are when I'm studying, when I'm sitting in class. Yeah. When, when I'm talking to the teachers, when I'm with the students, right? Those are the best moments. And the worst and the most boring moments are the moments where I'm doing nothing related to that. Right, right. right. Um, so, for example... So you're no longer engaged in that process. Yeah. And so, for example, um, one, one of my classes, um, I'm studying a fiqh text with one of my teachers. Yeah. Fiqh is Islamic law, jurisprudence, as they call it. And... I look forward to this class every week. Like, yeah. it, this class is on Tuesday. Right? Yeah. I'm sitting there on like Wednesday, yeah. counting the days until Tuesday. <laughs> until right? Tuesday. And, um, and 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 my, the the students who are in the class with me are the same way, right? And after the class is over, we get together and then we just talk about how amazing that class is yeah, for like yeah, two yeah. hours. Right? Yeah. And how amazing the teacher is. <clears throat> Um, and uh, it's it's because because there's there's like a love for 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 writing that's that's not really there when you're studying at a university, right? Right. I mean, dude, just 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 today. Um, I mean, no, not today. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday was it was Tuesday, right? Right. See, I'm I'm so excited about it. It feels like it was just today. Um, <laughs> uh, we you know we were we were we were talking a little bit towards the end of the class with the teacher, and he was recommended some recommending some side readings for us. So the class is a Hanafi felt class. Yeah. Right? And um, Hanafi being one of the four traditional <coughs> schools of uh, uh, Sunni Islam. Madhabs, right. And he said, um, you should study, uh, you should, I mean, you should read this book on the side. Yeah. And he mentioned the name of a book. And um, the name of the book was um, Bada'a al right? Yeah. That's like an eight, eight, nine, ten volume book, right? Yeah. And he was just saying, read it on the side leisurely, right? Yeah. It'll help with your studies. Right. I mean, what? And, and and I thought like, you know, I was like, okay, this guy's just being hardcore. Yeah. So I asked him for like another, another recommendation right. for what to read on his side. And then he mentioned an even longer book, this this massive book that's oh like ten God. volumes. And it's like, what do you mean read this leisurely on the side? Like, yeah. Um, but but that that's that's how much love there is for that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's 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 like, and am I gonna go like read those books? Yeah, I'm gonna go crack them open right? because because <laughs> you want to learn and you want to read. Yeah, um, and then so there's just this this reverence of him that's that's definitely not there. I remember one of the first one of the first days of, of studying, and one of the teachers sat us down and he said, "Listen, here at my institution, um, you will have respect for your teachers, yeah. and you will have respect for your students. If you disrespect any of the teachers or any of the students, even the slightest level of disrespect, yeah. I will personally expel you and drag you out of my institution." This is this is like the opening talk, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 then he says, "And you'll have respect for your books. Yeah. And you will carry these books in your right hand. I don't want to see anyone holding this book in their left hand, um, whether it's it's fiqh or Quran or, or whatever Arabic even." Yeah. Um, and then I just I felt this like reverence of him that was so alien to me. Yeah. So alien to me because it's like my textbooks were on the floor in my dorm. Right? <laughs> my math textbook was yeah. like lost under my bed somewhere. Yeah. I didn't touch it all year. Uh, and uh, so it's it's just it's it's crazy. And and I mean when you start studying a subject, I mean we go into like um, a, any philosophy course in, in, at a university or yeah. even a science course, you just get right into it, right? Yeah. 
um, I, t- I took I took one class I took it was modern philosophy yeah it was basically just Descartes to Kant right and everyone in between and um, we we start studying Descartes <coughs> for example and we don't know anything about Descartes we right. just start reading his meditations yeah right? um, and and till this day I don't know you know how old Descartes was when he died yeah I don't know how many family members Descartes had right. I, I don't know if um, you know where Descartes grew up if he was moving around a lot I, yeah. I don't know any of that stuff right but we start studying a book like for example um, uh, we, we start studying a book and the first thing we do is we learn everything about the author we learn when he was born when he died who he studied with who his teachers were who his peers were yeah. uh, what, what, what his theological disposition was any changes he might have had in fiqh. Like everyone yeah. knows Imam al-Tahawi did a quick madhab change and betrayed the Shafi's, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you, you learn that by reading. And so we read the bios and the teachers, they make us go and open these like 20 volume uh, biographical texts to read everything we can about this person and write up yeah. a paper about who he was and some interesting facts about him. And, yeah. And, and then we learn everything about the book, how the book was received, how the book was written, why the book was written. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, one of the books I just mentioned... Um, one of the books I just mentioned, it, it, uh, we learned that uh, the, the author of the book actually wrote it because he wanted to marry his teacher's daughter. SubhanAllah. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he said, so he said, I'm going to write this amazing book and I'm going to present it to her father and say, you know, uh, can I marry your daughter? Look at this. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so it's, it's just these little things that, that right. um, supplement the knowledge and beautify it. And, and, and the most important thing is like it humanizes it so much, right? Yeah. After all the Descartes and the Kant and, and all these people that I read, right. that di- didn't really humanize me to right. them, right? A lot of it was polemical. A lot of it, you know, was just kind of like right. um, a teenager having a midlife crisis. There's distance between uh, yourself and, and these. So much. Uh, and a lot of ambiguity. So much. And uh, vagueness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I was just, we were talking last week right about about this exact topic right yeah. and, and i mentioned that like so for example uh, there's a book called yeah. um, it's a long time <laughs> you want to translate that no, <laughs> yeah. um, it's written by sheikh al-islam mustafa sabri and i mentioned him i believe in the last podcast yeah and he it's a four volume book it's absolutely brilliant yeah and um he he wrote he begins the, the text ila ruhi walidi right yeah. to the soul of my father Right. Yeah. Subhanallah, it's amazing. He says, uh, you know, I'm dedicating this book to the soul of my father. Yeah. Who basically says, who your most important concern was was my my study, my scholarship. Yeah. And then he says, and and the mercy of of Allah upon my own mother. Who not only would join you in acts of worship, yeah. but would exceed you in devotion to these acts of worship, mm. right? And then he says, he continues, to the degree that when I wanted to go study in a different city while I was, while I was a young child, I got her permission first and before I asked you. It's showing like the... <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and so he's, he's embodying the prophetic like, you know, your mother three times and then your father, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just it's beautiful and then this this entire like opening just really humanizes who this author was. And and this is not rare when you're studying these Muslim texts, right? Yeah. Um and, and then so someone recently posted online about in Tafsir Razi, Mafatih al Ghaib. Yeah. It's it's this really long twenty plus volume tafsir that Imam Fakhruddin al Razi wrote. Right. 
Everyone, for the listeners who, do, who are uh, unaware, tafsir is uh, uh, exegesis or commentary. Yeah, he's explaining the Quran, right? Yeah. And he, he wrote this uh, at the end of Surah Yusuf, right? What's Surah Yusuf about? Yeah. It's about a son who is estranged from his family and, and his father. And there's a lot of grief in Surah Yusuf, right? Yeah. And uh, at the end of the Surah, Imam Fakhruddin al Razi begins writing, uh, begins writing in a very human way. And he talks about his, his own mourning of his son. Yeah. Because the background is that um, you know around the time he was writing it, he was he was he was still mourning his son who had passed away. Right. I believe his son's name was Muhammad, and then he writes this uh, amazing poem. Yeah. Uh, just just dedicating it to his son. Yeah. And he continues right. Yeah. Uh, saying you know beautiful things like you know I would I would ransom you know <laughs> if the fates were under my control I would have ransomed you from your sanctuary with my body and soul. Right. Right. It's very poetic. And this is right. This is the translation of Sheikh Sahib Said. Yeah. He posted it online. Um, and and so that really humanizes Imam Razi, and he talks about how he's depressed, right? Yeah. And and how he's basically like. Um, I prefer death over this life, mm-hmm. right? And so someone who's experiencing a type of sadness like that, and how many are experiencing a type of right. sadness like that? They read this and they connect with the ulama like that. Right. And these ulama are not just these people with, with very illustrious and decorated CVs who wrote right. these massive books. I mean, subhanAllah, it's not just, it's, it not only humanizes it, but it's, it's very intimate. Right. And some of it is like, is intimate in a different way, right? Yeah. So this book I have here, I always, I've been carrying this in my backpack for the past like month. It's called Al Kifaya Fil Yeah. It's it's a book on kalam, discursive theology. Yeah. By Imam Sabuni and uh, the Muhaqqiq I believe is an Ashari, and this is why he included this in the yeah. introduction. But he mentions uh, a series of debates that Imam Sabuni had with Imam Fakhru Di Arazi. Yeah. Right. One's a Maturidi and one is an Ashari. Right. And um, and. and uh, well, you, you can explain afterwards, but yeah, go on. They're, they're just different, they're different schools of theology. I believe right. I explained them in the last podcast, right? So you can okay. refer to that if you want to just briefly yeah. know it. Um, but uh, basically, Imam Sabuni said that um, he went on Hajj. And when he came back from Hajj, he stood up on the member in, in, in the, at the Jum'ah Salah. And he said the Friday prayer. And he said that, you know, I traveled to Hajj and I sat in many circles of knowledge. And I didn't find anyone worth his weight in Ayn, right? I didn't find anyone who knew anything. Right. That's right. basically what he said. I found no one who knew uh, Usul al-Din, which is Aqidah, right? Which is right. Kalam. And then some of the people in, in the masjid heard that and they didn't like it. So they went and they snitched to Imam Razi. And Imam Razi said, okay, let's go see what he has to say. And they went to Imam Sabwani's house. Yeah. And then a debate, uh, you know, uh, unfolded between Imam Razi and Imam Sabwani. Which is which is amazing in itself, right? These two giants yeah. of, of of this field of study. And it says that at the end, At the end of this debate, right? yeah. He says that at the end of this debate, Imam Al Razi stood up and made an announcement in front of everyone, including Imam Al Sabuni. And declared that Imam Sabuni basically is, is mindless. Right? He doesn't have a brain. Right? <laughs> he says he says calls him out from the whole He says he doesn't even have a brain, like let alone yeah. be a scholar, right? Right. And so it shows like some of the heat between some of the ulama. And um, uh, I mean, I hope I imagine that some people laughed when they heard that, right? <laughs> because we're laughing right now. Right. And I find it really funny. And they continued. They debated a second time. 
Right. And then they debated a third time. And, you know, Imam al-Razi, uh, he, was, he was notorious for, for just debating people and absolutely destroying them. Like, yeah. I don't know the, the tahqiq of this, but someone told me that he was so notorious in, in his debating skills yeah. that he, he, had to, he had to conceal the place where he was going to be buried because he was afraid that someone would dig up his body. And wow. like, because people were just so mad at him. Right? Yeah. And it says that after the third debate that he had with Imam al-Sabuni, Imam al-Sabuni said, In kuntu qad karatu kitab says that this, this book in the Maturidi Madhab, I used to think, وَاَعْتَقَدْتُ أَنَّهُ لَا مَزِيدَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ فِي التَّحْقِيقِ وَالتَّدْقِيقِ And I basically thought that this was the, the best book in accuracy, right? It was the most accurate book and yeah. the most complex book. And then he says, And now I've completely doubted everything. And now I have no confidence in my knowledge of this field of study. <laughs> right. And he says, to the degree that if I want to have any standing amongst the scholars of this field of study, I have yeah. to start from scratch and study like the children. Wow. Right. And but I'm too old for this. Right. Yeah. So Imam Imam Razi basically like destroyed his his self confidence. Right. Right. And then it shows the humility of this alim, right? Who's 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 the author of very very important works that are still studied to this day yeah. I mean this book that he's talking about it's still studied to this day right yeah. you can say there's some Ashari bias here right? but sure uh, <laughs> this it's um, and so you connect with the ulama at a different level when you're reading you don't read about these things when you're studying in, in Western academy. right and, and so it's really refreshing to just be able to pick up I mean just the preservation of the bios of people that right. this tradition that we have of knowing who's who yeah and, and the context around different things and, and, and it's just it, I can go on and on about this for hours, but right. I don't want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's incredibly fascinating. I think uh, 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 many of the listeners would uh, also really enjoy, uh, and are enjoying, I hope, <laughs> inshallah, listening to all of this. Um, let's talk... Yeah, go on. <laughs> there's just something else that came with my mind. Yeah. There's also, I felt yeah, like there was, there was such like a uh, such an arrogance with knowledge. Yeah. When, when I was studying in the Western Academy, right? I mean, this is why they call it the Ivory Tower, right? right. It's like a bunch of people sitting on their armchairs pontificating, and yeah. everyone is doing yeah. the laity, we don't care about them. But then, like, what's what's a book that's studied by, like, all Madikis today, right? Madiki, Madiki, Madhab. Right. Al Mu'in, right? Right. Al Mu'in, right? Right. Al is studied by, 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 by people today, and what's the purpose of Al Mu'in? Why was it written? I mean, you, you know this, right? Uh, I hope I do. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Oh, go on. <laughs> I should know this, but yeah. Yeah, it, and so he starts, right? يَقُولُ عَبْدُ الْوَحِدِ بْنُ And he goes on and he says, وَبَعْدُ فَلَعَوْنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ الْمَجِيدِ فِي نَظْمِ أَبْيَاتٍ لِلْأُمِّي تُفِيدِ Yeah. Right, so why did he write that poem? Why did he write it? Yeah. So the illiterate person can 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 acquire some of this knowledge. SubhanAllah. Right? He, like, he... Alim right, is concerned right, right. for people who can't right. read, and so he writes a book that's. Considered. He's meeting people at their level. Right. Right. And so he writes a book that's typically not the first one you study in the method today, yeah. right? Um, because the I mean it's very dense. It's very right. very dense. Yeah. They're, they're like there's a lot of uh, commentaries on it, especially in the Aqidah section, and because right. it's written, it's in, it's all, all poetry, right? Right. And it rhymes. And um, it's it's like I, I just can't imagine an academic. Yeah. being concerned with illiterate people. You right. Know what I'm saying? right. I don't know how to articulate that any better, but there's something right. there. Right? right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of like, even like <clears throat> a lot of these like prestigious universities, the top 10 and top five. And I mean, it's, it's incredible the way and astonishing in, in, in a very shocking way, really, mm-hmm. of how some of these academics kind of go about disseminating their knowledge and, and how they kind of go about uh, engaging this discourse 
discussing their own research, they're, right? They're vicious, man. They, right, they, right, right, right. It, it's I mean, it's it's really them kind of just saying like, look at my research, look at what I found, and oftentimes, and especially one thing that I've come to learn based on my observations is, <clears throat> you'll find a lot of these academics kind of presenting things that they claim to have discovered, at least in the Western Academy or within the realm of the Western Academy. When in all actuality, like a lot of these things were already well known in the Muslim world, <laughs> right? For example, like the 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 different uh, modalities of recitation of the Quran, right? The the ten different uh, qiraat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll actually have professors out here who, when they discuss this uh, particular subject matter, they present it in a way that's like this uh, secret hidden knowledge that's never been uh, discovered before, and now. Uh, uh, it's it's you know the, the Western Academy that's kind of brought this into the limelight and you yes. know and and oh the Muslims don't even know their own tradition and and this is why you know the Quran is false and so on and so forth. I mean it, it, they don't present it in a, in a way that's that blunt, but it comes off as such. Yeah, I mean I, I really hope that example you gave was just an example. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what in the world you went through at U Chicago, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of built up anger. And stuff. <laughs> that's, that's why I backed up a little bit. <laughs> Subhanallah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I understand what you mean. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's not much academic humility. I mean, dude, I'll give you another example. Yeah. I was sitting in class with a religious studies professor, and um, the, uh, this professor put up this this manuscript yeah. on 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 the on the overhead projector. Yeah. It's a yeah. People don't use overhead projectors anymore. <laughs> I'm just well, gonna I say. Mean, I mean, bro, these, these buildings at these schools are like right, 300 right. years old. Right? <laughs> They need to use overhead projectors. Right, the, uh, the, the, the electronic ones. The No, dude. The <laughs> talking about the one that you roll in. <laughs> the one back in fifth grade. <laughs> the one with the, the light coming up from the, from the top and the, yes, from the side. Yes, and then, oh, my God. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man, this building was old, right? It was one of those public schools. I believe, bro. That's it, man. It's, it's, it's old, man. It's I mean, old. Yeah, but I mean, they should be up to... Anyway, whatever. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I remember I asked, and they're like, "No, they would have to like, like break down the classroom and rebuild it to be able to add the infrastructure." Yeah, there, so. yeah. I mean, there was no AC in the building. This, I mean, welcome, welcome to this life, man. Uh, and uh, you, you don't know how many dorm rooms I've been in that had no AC, and like people would have heat strokes, uh, you know, t- towards the beginning of the fall semester. Yeah. In any case, this professor put up this manuscript, and just showing us the manuscript, just saying, "Here's a manuscript of X, Y, Z," right? Yeah. And the professor was about to take it down, and then you know one of the <coughs> students, one of the students was bold enough to raise his hand and say, "Well, what does that say?" Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you've seen how manuscripts look, right? right? Not everyone can read those. Yeah. And the professor was like, "That's a good question," you know, and yeah. just stood there and stared at the projection for a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, tried to like pronounce the first word. Wow. And I felt I felt bad for the professor. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't studied Arabic formally at the time, but I come from an Arabic an Arab background, and right. I speak a dialect of it at home, yeah. and and I, I I would always try to practice and, and read and whatnot on my own time, and I just like you know I was kind yeah. of I was very shy about it. I was like that says that I don't. Like I just said the word <laughs> and jokes me and he goes very good you know <laughs> All right. like, like, like telling me I was right you know, like, like affirming it you know yeah and I was like wow. Wow, these are our you know academic scholars of the leading scholars in the field. I mean, I remember I was I was I was talking to you before about how someone told me at the University of Chicago where you did your masters, right? Yeah. Uh, the one of the highest levels of Arabic, I believe it's the highest or the second highest, yeah. is studying a book called the Tuhfatus Saniya. Right? Yeah. 
it's a sharh of a, of a, of a text called the Ajurumiya. Yeah. At Tuhut for some background, is like as basic as you can get with Nahu, yeah. with, with Arabic grammar. Yeah. Right? Like, I had to study that before I started studying. Right. <laughs> that's how elementary right. it is. And that's the highest level they're teaching. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there was a course that uh, I took for one day at, 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 at my university, and it was called Manuscript Reading for PhD students. Yeah. Um, but undergrads were allowed to sign up for whatever right. classes they wanted to. Um, I mean, I could have taken law school classes if I wanted. It was just really yeah. open. And I remember going to that class for one day. And all of these PhD students are sitting around. I mean, none of them knew how to read, man. Yeah. Like, my little sister can read better than that. Right. And, and I've seen her read better than that, right? My little sister walks into my room and grabs a book off of, off of the, the shelves and then just starts reading the flex on me, right? <laughs> and I don't know who taught her. I don't know. <laughs> and her nahu was on point. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, mashallah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're producing out there. And it's just really sad. And so this is one thing. This is one of the reasons that I really praise um, Zaytuna's master's program. Yeah. right? Because it looks like it's meant to, like, uh, take, take people out of undergrad and put them through this really intensive like uh, process of, of studying, learning how to read texts and understanding yeah. them, and then putting them in the PhD programs. They will be the most competitive PhD students that there are out there yeah. in terms of their knowledge. Right? Yeah. And people people will have to start recognizing that because the average the average Arabic major doesn't know how to read. When I was at school, I was in the cafeteria. I was in the line waiting to get some food. And uh, one of my friends came. His name is Abu Bakr. And uh, he, he, he was like, hey, we'll see him, what's up? And he, he, he cut in line with me, right? That's, yeah. uh, that's the only reason he was my friend, because I got out of class before him, <laughs> and so I could get to the line. And, and so he cut in line with me, and then he noticed that the person in front of us, he recognized him, so he introduced yeah. me. It was a guy who was in his senior year, Arabic major, had done like three summers abroad across yeah. Jordan and Morocco. Uh, those are the, always the, 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 right. the two culprits, right? And um, he said, this guy's an Arabic major. He wants to go into academia. Yeah. And so the guy started speaking Arabic to me. And it was the, the biggest cringe I'd ever experienced <laughs> to date on campus. Yeah. Uh, and I was just in shock. Right. He tried to, he said, he, he asked me, what do you want to speak? Fusha or do you want to speak a dialect? And I said, Fusha. Yeah. And then he spoke to me in the dialect, the Jordanian oh, yeah. dialect. I mean, it, and, and he couldn't, he didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I, I can rant about this as well for another so how about, you know, And what's really interesting too is I remember my Arabic teacher's specifically at the University of Chicago, hmm. who, by the way, were absolutely incredible and I enjoyed every moment uh, yeah. of, of, their, of their classes. Yeah. Um, they were very well-versed in the Arabic language and, and knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, however, I remember that, that I, on a few different occasions, one of my Arabic professors uh, mentioned uh, something very similar in the sense that uh, she said, you know, you'll have a lot of PhD students and even uh, uh, many professors and other academics who later on go to, you know, further study their, uh, to, to, you know, continue their studies in Arabic. And they know how to read, they understand grammar, but then they can't speak, you know, and, and it comes from, from a lack of practice, you know, and like, they're not... They're not continuously and consistently yeah. engaging in the yeah. language. I mean, speaking is not the most important thing, right? Right. When you're in academia. Yeah. Um, that's more like, a, yeah, but, but I, I, I mean, there, there's, there's still a problem in, like, even comprehending texts. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then, like, the comprehension and, like, just kind of... I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how these people do PhD theses right. on, like, complex comparative Ibn Sina with so-and-so and Abu Fulan without, yeah. without like, you know, like... <laughs> Without understanding Ajurumiya. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, aside, like, let's concede that they know Ajurumiya. Yeah. Okay. Not okay. Let's concede that they know Shark Qatr Nada. Okay. Let's concede that they know the Alfiyah of Malik, right? A pretty advanced uh, grammar text. Yeah. 
do, do they know how to compare manuscripts? Do they know what publishers are good for certain books right. and what publishers aren't? Or, you know, are they all just yeah. like sipping the DKI juice? Like, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the training is not sufficient whatsoever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, so, so it's, it's, it's really incredible to see this wide discrepancy uh, between, you know, traditional students of knowledge and, and, and uh, students in, in the Western Academy. Um, which leads me to my next question. Uh, what are some of your goals um, in pursuing traditional knowledge? And, and, and kind of, you know, we, I mean, you, you've spoken about why, you know, you've gotten into this and what compelled you to do so and, uh, uh, and kind of your experiences uh, as of right now. Yeah. Uh, what's your ultimate goal in the end or what would you like to achieve or, or, or benefit from? Yeah, so uh, I mean, let, let let me let's rewind a few centuries ago when I was fifteen, um, <laughs> and I, I was you know I would I would you know these questions would come up in my mind or yeah. I would hear them at school, and I just go on YouTube right that's where everyone goes I go on YouTube and try to find an answer, and I would watch like back to back like maybe like a Zakir Naik video and then like a Shakam's Yusuf video and <laughs> right. then, like the most incoherent like yeah, yeah, yeah you understand, and I was never satisfied. Yeah, because I would always hear contradictory things, and I would hear answers that were like not answers. Yeah, and it, it, it's, I guess it planted the seed of like me just wanting to know, so that I'm not so dependent on other yeah. things, right? And and in, in, like I'm not gonna go as far as to say that I want to be like completely independent in terms of Anne for Dean, because yeah. you know that that's something else. But I, I just want to be able to distinguish what's right and what's wrong yeah. to, to to a certain degree, and so I'm really doing it for 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 myself. I I don't want yeah, I'm. I'm not doing it to teach. I'm not really interested in teaching. I'm not, yeah. Um, I'm just doing it because I have a love for this knowledge, and when I when I study it, I, uh, you know, I, I, I feel my own understanding of the dean growing, and I feel my own appreciation for the dean growing, and then that has its own side effects too, and it's yeah. all positive. Uh, and and so that's that's just the general direction I'm trying to go with it. Um. So it, if in like in like a, a short few words, it's it's just that I just want to know things, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And there, there's 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 the whole spiritual dimension to it. Yeah, as well, definitely. Um, which is something else, you know. Yeah. Um, so someone said, "Is studying Islam gonna make me pious?" Right. Right. It's like, uh, you know, maybe if you can make it through, <laughs> it's a rough process. Right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Not an easy yeah. Process. I mean, just just like getting over the 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 learning curve of Arabic. Yeah. You know how some it's tough. It's not. It's not easy at all. One of one of the students here. He was actually uh, one of one of um, he was a student at Penn with me. And he came and he enrolled in the madrasa and he said, um, I, I didn't expect it to be like this. And I said, yeah. what do you mean? And he said, I'm just sitting here doing sarf, man. Wow. Like he's just <laughs> conjugating words. Yeah, <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. I thought I would be learning deen. And I said, right. I said, you know, this is like, consider it the weed out class, yeah. you know, consider this organic chemistry. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once, once you acquire the Arabic, then, then, you know, and, uh, so it's, it's. Uh, there, there's a lot to it, and, and that's—I I guess I haven't thought of that question as, as deeply as I should have. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean it's—it's it's definitely something to think about uh, deeply, and it's—it's it's a very rigorous and very serious process to undergo. Um, what would you uh, advise uh, incoming students of traditional knowledge or those who are contemplating about pursuing it? Um, that's a difficult question because a lot of people come from um, very, very different backgrounds. Yeah. And some people, I mean, for some people, it's like financial constraints yeah. uh, are an obstacle. Um, but I mean, just in general, you get what you you know you get what you put in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know some people that 
are that that weren't able to attend madrasa formally, you know. Yeah. But I look up to these people, and these people are people of knowledge, if you ask me, and and they're people of tafakkuh and ain. Yeah. Because they 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 took time out of their day to study with 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 teachers, whether it was over the internet, whether it was you know just an after class thing at at night, while balancing their other obligations. Maybe yeah. it was you know whatever it was, and so it's like. What you get out of it depends on how hard you try, and and how much you really care for it. Yeah, absolutely, and I understand people are busy, but um, uh, I, I was I mean I, I was busy too, right? I mean when when I learned Arabic grammar, I was still enrolled in university, and yeah. I was taking like extremely hard courses. I was trying to graduate, uh, but but you know, Tawfiq is from Allah, and, right. and I, I I muscled through those texts. Right. Uh, so so I, I always just tell people like just try to preserve the himma. Yeah. Try to preserve at least at least try to preserve the love for, for the knowledge, right? Yeah. And so so that maybe one day the door will open and you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but but try to get as much out of it as you can, man. It's not about if you enroll in a formal madrasa. It's not about going to class and then going home and forgetting about it. Like yeah. you have to read, dude. There's there's a stark difference. I mean, some some of my uh, some some of the students that 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 I study alongside, some of them, fr- quite frankly, don't read outside of class and they don't right. read outside of the assigned text in class. Yeah. And there's a stark difference between those students, right? Yeah. Like it, it gets gets to the point where, like, when it, you know, after class with the teacher, the, the other students will just sit there and look at me or maybe one of the other students and be like, "Yo, tell <laughs> us something interesting you've read." Yeah. Recently, yeah. right? Tell us something, uh, you know, something dank. That's what they say, right? <laughs> That's what they ask me, right? Because because right. I, admittedly, I read books that I shouldn't be touching, right? And, like, uh, Get in trouble for like opening a photo hat to or something, <laughs> which oh don't, don't do that by the way. That's uh, yeah, I remember gosh. actually. I I held that book in my hands once, I opened up to a random page, read one sentence, <laughs> and was like, Nope, yeah. I, I immediately closed it back and just put it down. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I asked my Arabic teacher, uh, yeah, because I was interested in Amul Kalam, right? But I hadn't yeah. really gotten into it. And uh, I asked him, I was like, yeah, I heard of this book called Sharhul Mawaqif, yeah. That's not a book. Okay, that that's that's a book. Yeah. Capital B, right? <laughs> As I heard this book, Shahul Mawakif, and he just looked at me and he laughed. Yeah. And he said, I opened that book and I started reading, and I knew every single word in the sentence, but when you put them together, I had no idea what in the world was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, um, And And so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> just thinking about all the stupid times I've gotten in trouble for right. reading certain books, but... The point is, you can't. You can't. Uh, uh, right, right. You have to read. Right. You have to right. read outside of class. Right. It, 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 don't always like depend on what your teachers tell you to do. Right. But at the same time, don't over, overwhelm yourself either. Like, don't read for the Hadith Makia. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. So I, I should. I should add that. Like, if you're gonna read something, at least run it by one of your teachers. Right. You don't even have to like. You don't even have to say, you know, I want your permission to do this. Just be like, yo, I was reading this book, you know. Yeah. Or maybe like walk past them and like. Like very clearly hold the book out, right? So right. I've, I've done that before. Like very clearly hold the book out, just to like, if they yell at you, they yell at you. If they yeah. don't, then silence is approval, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, our yeah. Uh, So uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I have to say about it. No, alhamdulillah. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, facilitate your path and, and, and you know, make it easy for you and, mm-hmm. and uh, make you successful and, and the rest of us as well, inshallah. Um, yeah. I think I ran out of things to talk about. <laughs> no, Jazakallah khair. I really appreciate you having uh, coming back onto the podcast. Um, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Um, yeah, until next time. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.